Welcome to Witch Police Radio, episode number 33. This one um, features a guest uh, who is originally from Montreal. He's a noise artist um, who goes under the stage name of Kvik, K-V-I-K. And his real name is Simon Thibodeau. And um, I actually met him through Doug Fever, um, who is, you know, we talk about Doug Fever all the time on the show. He lives in Montreal. He's in the band Corona Ferox and, um, and a bunch of other bands. And Doug, uh, Simon is Doug's friend who actually just moved to Winnipeg last year. And Doug said I should, you know, I should meet him because we have similar interests in music and stuff. So he came to my house on New Year's with Doug, and then I hadn't seen him since. <laughs> but I was like, hey, we need guests for the show. This guy does interesting stuff. So he does, like, one, you know, one-man band kind of, uh, like, atmospheric sort of noise stuff. Um, and you can check it out at, at kvik.ca, kvik.ca. And uh, the theme for this week was tape, which was perfect for this guy. I mean, it, it's a random theme generator, but, you know, that, that noise scene seems to have a lot of pretty heavy emphasis on tape releases. Yeah, and he's done some tape releases too, which you can get on his website. So it was really cool to have him on there. And uh, you weren't here for this one, I wasn't. But you can talk about the intro because what happened with this show is, um, I usually pay way too much attention to the uh, the microphone while it's recording, but yeah. this time for some reason I didn't because I was off doing something else or whatever, and I didn't realize that the uh, the battery was dead. Or sorry, the, the card was full. Okay. So we a whole section of like the way we recorded is I mean this isn't giving away too much I don't think we record a section of talking then we play a song record a section of talking so they're all different files so one whole file was missed so you're gonna hear two songs in a row on here and um, it's because there's a section that, that, that got cut out and it's too bad because it's actually something what we were talking about in that section was the band Alien Hybrid and um, it was something I've been wanting to play basically since we've had the show and you probably have too yeah I'm I'm actually kind of upset that uh the episode that i was away was the one where alien hybrid got played so it's cool that we can do this yeah that's why i wanted you to be in in on this uh this intro because what we're going to do is just because you missed it i'm not going to tack on i was thinking maybe we could just tack on some section where we're talking about it again but that would seem fake and we missed the original so it's gone you know what we're talking about is gone we had actually some interesting discussion about it but it's not there so we're going to play the song is by alien hybrid and as i explained on the part you're not going to hear (laughs) um alien hybrid is a band that i guess we first discovered when we were like 12 years old or so, yeah. 1995-ish. And, um, and it's because Sam the Record Man and Polo Park had the local, had the local section, yeah. and their their cassettes always seemed so interesting because they came like they in came Ziploc in all, bags. Yeah, yeah, or like one of them came in a box of chips, and they had stuff all over it. And you could see in the Ziploc bags, it wasn't just a tape. They had like buttons and stickers yeah. and all kinds of weird homemade art and stuff. Which, and, when and you're 12, is awesome. It's awesome. And it's like, <laughs> I haven't heard this, but I have $3 to spend on a local tape, and yeah. I'm going to buy like, you know something that looks all fancy or this thing that someone obviously made in their basement it's like oh wow this looks really cool yeah so i bought the one tape it was uh called bug the first one i got and um it was awesome like i, I don't know how, how how soon after i played it for you probably right away I, probably because we were we were pretty yeah thick as thieves back then. Yeah, yeah 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 so and it was like this super super lo-fi like sounded like it was recorded just on a tape deck in someone's basement it probably was yeah and it was, it was awesome it was like one of the best things i ever heard and it i think it really played a big part in me wanting to make music at all yeah. first, like we had a band at that point i think didn't yeah we? i think because that's that's when we really f- started hanging out seriously yeah like, yeah when we uh when we first started our band so it yeah. probably would have been yeah and i think that was just like whoa these people just made this tape and they're selling it at a store and they obviously just did it on their own yeah and they made all this cool stuff that goes with it. so every time i would go i mean i would i still go to record stores all the time it was the hmv today even though I didn't buy anything, you know, but I'm just like, if I see any kind of place to sell music, I always go in just out of habit. And like every single time I went into record stores after that, I would see Alien Hybrid stuff, I would buy it. Yeah. Like it was like, no question. I mean, it doesn't matter. And it was, everything was like better than the next one. It almost seemed like it was, um, and I mean, I don't, we, I never saw them play live. 
I, I, I actually met someone because cause obviously one of the members of Alien Hybrid was is Marcel Zama. Yeah, right. And we talked about that on the part. Unfortunately, we missed it because yeah. um, Simon had some interesting stuff to say about it too, uh, about Marcel Zama and it's gone forever. Yeah. But, but so I met a friend, like a friend of his who they were in like the same art collective. And I was the just... Royal Art Lodge or whatever? Yeah, yeah. And I was just picking his brain about Alien Hybrid and, and about that scene back then. And he told me that... Like, he told me about this one show specifically at the Albert where it was just, like, insane. Because they're, they're up up on stage with, like, a drum machine, you know, like... Yeah. Something like Big Black or something. And, and it's just, like, you know... Some people are really into it. Some people are throwing bottles. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, it seemed like it would have been really cool to see them live. Yeah, I, I wish I had it. We were too young, though. Like, if they're playing shows at the Albert, we were 12, right? There's yeah. no way we'd even know where the Albert was. I mean, yeah. but it's, um, if in case anyone doesn't know, Marcel Zama is, like, a pretty famous... He's, like, a millionaire. Like, yeah, super famous artist. Like, he he's was, done album covers for Beck. He's yeah, done, he was, like, like, in the, he was in, like, the top 10, like, hottest young artists in, like, New York Times yeah, and stuff. Yeah, and, like, yeah, and I mean, like, it's funny, because all those tapes came with a bunch of his art, and most of it I don't have anymore. But I kept one piece that I've always liked before I even realized. I mean, had this, every house I've lived in, I've had this at. Yeah. Because I always thought I loved it. It's like a little, it's a little framed, handmade, hand framed. Uh, it's made out of rocks and it's like a, a depiction of the Last Supper with colored rocks. And it says, a stamp on it says Albatross. And Albatross was like one of their offshoot bands. It's the same deal, tapes in chip boxes and Ziploc bags and stuff. And they had the Alien Hybrid stamp and the Albatross stamp. They stamped it all over everything. So I have this signed, handmade out of wood and rocks and painted like, Last Supper by Marcel Zama that I'm never ever going to get rid of. I wonder how much it'd be worth. I don't know. I mean, I almost wish I... I almost want to look him up. I've, a few times I've wanted to look him up and just email him or something you know, and just be like, look, hey, I have this. Yeah. Like, do you remember doing this? Like, your name's signed on the back. He's clearly... I mean, it's his signature on the back for sure. Yeah. And, like, he was in the band so obviously he made it but it's... I don't think it would be like, put a money value on it because no one knows it exists, right? Like, I don't think any art fan who's looking for his work is going to be like, oh, that paint, painting he did when he was like. How old were they? Eighteen, probably. Yeah, probably. I guess. Right. So it's, maybe, it's like if, some unknown. Maybe one day. I mean, who knows? Like I, like those, those types of artists. Like I, I, I listened to this podcast about these this artist who was like approached by this father who had this disabled son, and and he wrote this artist like a letter. You know, can you just give like can you just draw like a sketch for my son? He'd be like yeah. eternally grateful, and then like it turned out to kind of maybe. I mean. it's it was a kind of a complicated story, but it kind of turned out to maybe be a scam. And he was collecting these works of art that were worth money. Yeah. So I mean, you know, if he's if he's selling his like current art for a lot of money, that yeah. probably is worth something. Probably is. I don't I don't want to get rid of it though, honestly. So, yeah. No, I, I'm I, interested. I, to, I'm interested to find out maybe, but like at this point, it's it's been you know I love how it. You, how would you even find out though? You'd have to like find that. I'd have to find some kind of art dealer. appraiser or whatever and be like, look, I have this thing by him. Here's pictures of it. Can you verify it's his? And then they'd have to like contact him, I guess. Or so. I don't know how it works. I've never bought. Seems too complicated. It does. It's, I'd rather just have it in my house and be like, check it out. This is a piece by this guy who's really famous, whose band was awesome. Yeah. So I I actually really want to do at some point too. Maybe we can do this soon. Um, an episode of the show where we just play Alien Hybrid. Yeah, that'd be just awesome. The whole show. We should do that like very soon. Yeah. We should, we'll talk about it after, but okay. we, should, we should just do it, yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, so that's not the whole focus of the show. It's not just Alien Hybrid. We actually play, um, uh, Doug's band has, a, actually, when you were in Montreal, you picked me up a copy of the new tape by Doug's band. Yeah. Um, and we, we played a song from that on, uh, on the show, because mm-hmm. it was on tape. And it actually has another connection, looping back to Witch Police, like everything else. Um, Doug used to live here. I was in a band with him in 1997 or something called The Flakes, which eventually became Grandpa's Army. And then Doug moved away. 
But every time Doug comes back, we try to record music, and the name we use is the Dead Skin Flakes, just for the two of us. And we had a song called Rocket Ship, which was originally this thing that Doug wrote that um, I couldn't figure out how what the hell he was talking about, and he was trying to explain the song to me. So I just played a bunch of random noise for the guitar part. But on the Corona Ferox tape, they do the song under a different title, but they, they do the song how Doug had actually intended it to sound, so it's pretty cool. But you can actually download our weird version of the song from Witch Police, so... Anyway, uh, witchpolice.com, www.witchpolice.com to download any uh, previous episodes and stream them. Uh, you can go to facebook.com slash witchpoliceradio to uh, like our page at witchpolicefm on Twitter. And uh, as I was saying, Kvik or Simon is at kvik.ca and you can find his music there. Uh, Monday nights at 11pm you can listen to our show on 101.5 UMFM or go to umfm.com to listen if you if you miss it or you're not in Winnipeg or whatever. And uh, you're online? Yeah, I'm on uh, Twitter at Rob Crooks, robcrooks.com. Um, you could, you get, that's, you know, you'll figure it out. Yeah, that's the main things. But, like, you know, like like I said, um, it's unfortunate we missed the part there, but I really think that Alien Hybrid, I didn't want to just, like, cut the whole thing out, because it's, you know, I was really it's, excited to play Alien Hybrid yeah, on the show. It's too bad just because how much they mean to us. Yeah, I don't think, and it's funny, because I'm sure they have no idea. Like, they didn't, well, yeah. how could they know, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I don't know if they'd care at this point, but, like, I don't know. I kind of, I don't, I, don't I don't know how to get in touch with any of them. I mean, I'm sure we could look it up somehow. I mean, the guy's famous, right? He probably has, like, a... What about the other guys? Yeah, the other guy. Yeah. <laughs> we'll try the other guy. All right. Check, <laughs> check out the show, and uh, we'll have an alien hybrid episode for you coming soon. Maybe we can talk to the other guy. Who knows? See you later.
Okay, so welcome to Wish Police Radio episode 33. What? Yeah. You were away. You were you were in Montreal. Yeah, I've missed quite a few episodes. You missed quite, I did I did uh, three of them by myself without you and Rob. Oh, right. Like, and then I did one I did one uh, very recently with Rob as well. Yeah. And then there's another one that hasn't aired <laughs> yet at the time we're recording this. So you haven't been on in about six episodes, I think. Wow. Six or seven you haven't been on. Missed you guys. Since, yeah, the last one you were on was the Pipsky one, which was 26, and this is 33. Holy shit. So you've been, it's been a while. I'm barely you're, a guest host. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're, 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 I am a guest You're almost. a guest. You're not even a host. Yeah. yeah. So Rob's not here. Um, unfortunately, I think he would have liked this theme, but uh, he's not able to make it. So the hosts are me. I'm Sam. And I'm here with John. Yeah. And our guest today is Simon, or Simon, however you want to do it. Um, Simon. I see, you know what? I, I, the reason I, I, I feel like I have to pronounce your name like the French way, I'm not going to do it because you said Simon's cool, but it's because Doug, right? Like, the reason I, the, the way we met was through Doug Fever. Uh, who people who listen to the show are probably familiar with just because like most of the listeners are our friends <laughs> who would remember Doug from back in the from day school. from yeah yeah but I mean also Doug's uh, a lot of Doug's music from Coppers yeah Coppers. a lot of Doug's music has been up on Witch Police and uh, I think we tend to re- make reference to him fairly regularly on the show anyway so mm-hmm. um, so yeah I met you I guess it was in around New Year's yeah New with, Year's with, with Doug yeah when he was last in town so uh, and he said you did crazy noise music so I was like okay. <laughs> Seems like a good person to meet, right? <laughs> so, um, you you play music under the name of Kvik? Yes. How do you spell I, that? <laughs> K-V-I-K. Okay. So, what? And I, I mean, I think that when I saw that was, the theme was tape, and I knew you did noise music, um, and it seemed to work out well, because I, I feel like, at least in Winnipeg, there seems to be a pretty big um, like movement of people playing noise music and putting it on tape. There's a few labels that mm. are doing it, and a lot of it is stuff that I don't even have any frame of reference on how to get into. And it's just there's tons and tons of artists, right? So, like, I mean, is that a big uh, part of that style of music? Is is putting these on a cassette? It's yeah, putting on tape is 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 a big part. Just if for no other reason that is it's cheap to release yeah, for sure. And people that do noise in general don't do a lot of editing, right? <laughs> they kind of release everything that they do. Yeah, I, yeah I'm, right. I'm exaggerating, but it's I know what you mean. It's yeah. it's something that's pretty prevalent. You you know. Mersbau has a million albums, five hundred albums all over the place and yeah. all that stuff. So uh, there's there's a lot of that, and nowadays doing a CD is kind of lame. So it is, it is, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and and doing a vinyl, <laughs> yeah, doing a vinyl is it's prohibitively really expensive. expensive yeah. yeah, actually, we had on last week's show, um, which you guys haven't heard yet because of the whole time thing. <laughs> um, uh, we had uh, a guy from the band Clipwing. Um, melodic hardcore band, local band, and they were putting. I asked if they were putting out their talk about their new album. I said, "What is it going on CD?" He said, "No, vinyl and digital." They're mm-hmm. not even bothering with CD anymore. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty common that most people are just. Uh, I mean, not necessarily vinyl, but they're either just doing strictly digital or they're going back to tape or, or to mm-hmm. record or something. Yeah, that's a good combination. So it is. I like it. I mean, I don't care about the digital part. I mean, I shouldn't say that because this is a digital program that you should download immediately. But, <laughs> but this is a show. It's not. A but it's a show. It's not. It's not an album, right? Yeah. So we're not gonna. Um, I think that, like, we kind of have a bit of experience, John, have a bit of experience with what you're saying about uh, being able to release things cheaply and stuff, because with our old band, The Mouthboat, everything we put out, first two albums were just tape only. Yeah, that was a, kind of your imperative, I think. It was, yeah, I really like tapes, I always did, and it's just, I, for the reasons you pretty much, you know, you can put out whatever, uh, the quality is not necessarily of utmost importance, you can dub them yourself at home, make the covers yourself, and uh, it sounds it sounds a certain way though. And it does, that's, and, and that's kind of pleasurable. Yeah, 
and, and it works for certain things. For sure, yeah. Uh, I don't know if I would do slick pop uh, tapes. Mm -hmm. Maybe not. But for the yeah. stuff that I do, and, and yeah. like, if you're doing garage, it sounds great. Yeah. Like yeah. hardcore. Yeah, for sure. Black metal. Yeah. It's awesome on tape. So I'm a bit curious, like, because I mentioned I'm going to a noise show tonight, and I don't, I'm not big, I don't know the whole scene or anything, but I do like it, and I like the live experience and how it just, I mean, it's shaking your inner organs kind of <laughs> experience, yeah. and it's just, it's pretty an amazing thing to yeah to sit through. But for all these, like, tapes and, and such that artists are maybe putting out, do do you listen to other noise tapes? Yes. Yes. Well, he's not going to okay. just not listen to anything else. So, but I'm curious about that, because, like, on badass headphones or on, like, <laughs> a, it, for me, it's it's like a visceral experience. Yeah, yeah, the live it, part of it, yeah. The yeah. live part is, is, is very physical. Yeah. Uh, I completely agree. Um, listening to it at home is, is kind of a different experience. Um, is it there's, background there's, music? There's, well, there's different kinds of noise, right? For sure. So... The, you can get like very heavy uh, and very violent stuff that doesn't really translate to recordings, and at the same time you you also get you get stuff that's very meditative. Yeah, like atmospheric kind of right? atmospheric yeah. kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. It just gets harsher and brings different 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 moods, and and it it works great to read actually. Yeah. Like you put something on and you just doesn't distract you. It's you just grab there. you grab a book, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um and sometimes there's some of those moods. I I I I'm I, I don't listen to that stuff like constantly. Like mm. I it's not I really, listen yeah. to a, a whole lot of other music. Yeah. But once in a while it, it just kind of needs that. I like to perform and create noise more than than i do listen yeah at home okay. well it seems like that would be more i mean the, the physical like you're saying the physical part of it would be more yeah. like always seemed like the a, experience right you'd have to have like a soundproof booth to practice yeah yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah know for where sure these for happen. sure for sure <laughs> yeah these like bunkers well i almost feel like i mean it's not i wouldn't call it noise but what we were doing with galactus which people should listen to and which please and in the sense that it's like you know um i know i keep plugging everything but yeah i'll do that all show so <laughs> um in the sense that it's like you know uh everything's all just one person basically it was mostly you kind of just manipulating the, the samples and stuff mm -hmm. and then me just with a heavily like effect heavy mic and then some other the movie samples and stuff it wasn't it's not the same as what you're doing but in the sense that it was like when we played in that radio station on cqw mm -hmm. that was pretty like it's I mean, still an onslaught of like, it was an, yeah, it was an onslaught of um, like yeah, onslaught, yeah. yeah it was it was very different than what we did in bands i think mm -hmm. because it was just like yeah i don't know how to explain it but one of the realities of the noise scene in general is that there are very few fans. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like most of the fans are also performers. For sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like everybody's kind of doing everything, and everybody's kind of buying other, like the releases of everybody. Mm -hmm. and yeah. Like I don't know how many actual fans there are in Canada or in the U.S., but. Probably not that much. Yeah, I like, guess that must like make you cool. Fans. For shows, though, I mean, if, if you know that most people in the audience are also creating their own stuff, it must make it interesting to, like, you know... I mean, I imagine if you, you get off from finish playing a show and someone will, hey, I like that. By the way, here's, like, five of my tapes, you know? <laughs> like, is there a lot of that tape trading stuff going on there? I imagine. Oh, yeah. Uh, because totally. of the convenience of the medium, right? 
a couple of weeks ago, I was uh, at the Denver Noise Fest. Oh, cool. I had one of my friends uh, that I'm going to play, actually, uh, was playing there, and I just decided to, to spend the weekend there. And basically, like, a, a lot of, most of the performers maybe sold, like, one tape, yeah, two yeah. tapes, like, a few CDs here and there, but did a lot of trading. Yeah, I bet, <laughs> okay. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm assuming most of the tapes too are in a fairly limited run, right? It's just like you make like five copies or whatever, and uh, yeah. yeah, that's pretty much it. That's or cool. some labels just don't make that many copies. They just make it. They make they make a few artist copies. Yeah, and then when somebody orders it, I'll dub one. Yeah, for sure, for sure. That's what we do with the mouthboard. Actually, we made uh, with our first tape at least we made like ten copies or something, mm-hmm. and then when more people asked for them, I would just make more copies at home. I think I, bring I, them to I the show. Have a copy. I, well, it's on the internet. You can download it now, right? So I kind of want a tape. Well, we'll make some more. I don't have a way to. I got a, I got a few more blanks. I can make some more. Great. That'd be good. We'll make some. One of my friends has a label that all of his releases are C twenty three. Awesome. So it's very specific. It's, yeah. what is, is that a kind of? It's, it's 23, 23 minutes. minutes. 23 minutes. Oh, yeah, okay. So, like, That's... so he buys big boxes of tapes and just, and yeah. you have to fit within that format. You know, I've wanted, I've actually wanted to for quite a long time. I just haven't had the time to do it. And I think at some point I will do it as a Witch Police initiative is to just start putting a little more stuff on tape. I mean, we, we have all the downloads that people can get, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a big part of the website. But, but as an aside, yeah. As an aside, we put out one tape uh, about three years ago when Witch Police was fairly new. It was Greg Arcade did a tape called Neanderthal Rock and I, I dubbed them all by hand uh, I made, we you know folded the covers by hand and let Greg designed it and all the art and everything and we, he sold them at a show and he sold out of all the copies immediately the show because we made like seven copies and then it was like people could buy it on the internet but buy the songs you know not from Witch Police from, from Greg's thing and I remember uh, hearing from a lot of people at the time like they were pissed off because they didn't get the tape like they didn't want to buy the downloads they wanted the actual physical yeah. so it's nice to release only like So yeah, it, it would be nice to do that because there, there's so much stuff that I put on the website. I don't keep gesturing at the computer like people can see me. But uh, <laughs> there's so much stuff I put on the website that's this digital. But it would be cool to every once in a while put out like tape only special release that, that people can get, you know? Yeah. So or mixtapes of like... Or mixtapes, yeah. yeah. Which please, but yeah. radio. Yeah. So maybe one day, maybe one day when I have time, which is not going to be soon. <laughs> 18 years from now. 18 years from now when, yeah, when I have one kid who's an adult and the next one will be like a teenager. Maybe then. So They'll probably run away at like 15 or something. You'll have some spare time. <laughs> Nice. All right. My kids will be anyway. If you, if you want, just let me know, and I'll, I'll put you in contact and other people that will dub them for you. Yeah, yeah, very, yeah. very fast. Yeah, yeah. For very, very yeah. cheap. Yeah. Yeah. The high speed it's, dubbing. Yeah, yeah. The, the high speed dubbing. <laughs> it changed everything. Yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah. So, um, in case, I, I don't think we even actually mentioned the fact that the tape is the theme today, do we? Oh, no, we didn't. So, we've been talking about tapes for the whole time, and just like, right, so this, there's That's a point why. to all this. It comes, it all comes together, and tape is the theme for the episode. So, again, this is our, um, you know, if you're a regular listener to the show, you know how this works. It's a random theme generator. I go on the computer, hit a button, it shoots words at me, and tape was the one that came over this week, which I think is perfect. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the, we didn't, actually didn't know that you were going to get tape. I mean, it wasn't like we've planned this out ahead, which is, so, it works out cool. It's, it's a good uh, thing. So yeah. I'm going to start it off. I'm going to play a tape that I got a couple days ago that you guys picked up, I guess, in Montreal. Oh, I, I yeah. Because I Rob, Rob just gave this to me like yeah. two days ago. And it's um new tape by Doug's band. And, it, you know, it's fitting because we met through Doug and everything. And, uh, and you know, Doug's, uh, we just talked about him. So we're going to play mm-hmm. one of his songs. Um, the new tape is called The Planet is Doom. It's a split tape between his band Corona for Rocks and a band called Interracial Love Triangle, <laughs> which is a pretty great band name. 
Um, and these tapes are like just the. I oh, mean, yeah. I, and they can't see them, but maybe I'll scan it in or something. Through the website. Yeah. Like it's you know half orange, half green. And it's a double cassette release. Um, the art is fantastic, and uh, I'm actually really really into Doug's band. Everything he's ever played for me that he's done with this band is awesome. Like uh, it's a two piece. They play like you know guitars and shit and then half of a drum set each pretty yeah, much yeah from what I understand because I only saw that one clip and I haven't seen them for well long, you were but... saying before we went on air that they played at your wedding yeah it's uh, uh, <laughs> just amazing that would be a weird first dance yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean considering like where you you guys are going to hear what they sound like in a minute the listeners and uh that, yeah I can't imagine how interesting because they're each yeah they're each playing like a guitar and a bass and half of a drum kit yeah there's like a pretty s- much they, they a have bass drum. A, like one one of the guys has a bass drum and the other guy has basically a the, the the bass pedal hooked up on, to it. Yeah. Hook up yeah, to the, to the, really cool. Yeah. The snare, and the costumes are just like the all, costumes all, are all all amazing all, all over the place. Yeah. They had the uh, the wedding. They had because it was a very short floor, yeah, ceiling. They had they had taped the mics to the ceiling, and they were kind of singing a la Lemmy. That's awesome. <laughs> towards the ceiling. That's awesome. <laughs> It's kind of stupid. <laughs> I, I, I love it though. I love like, like just just. Uh, I mean, you buy a CD. It's not even you buy a record. You know, it's usually it's the cover info. Pull it open. There's the record of the CD. I find with tapes, people, I guess they just feel like they can be more creative. There's mm-hmm. always tons of shit thrown in there. You know, there's like I mean the colors here. Everything looks like it's all done by hand, photocopied, folded. Like it just seems yeah. way more of a tactile, like hands-on thing. Like you're you're physically involved, which is great. I love it. At this point, if you're gonna make an object. Yeah, like make it worthwhile. For sure, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if this is a, a good analogy or not, but like if I'm, you know, it's very rare to send a letter these days. But when oh, I'm yeah. doing it and I'm like putting it in in an envelope, the thought occurs to me that hey, I could put all sorts of other stuff in here. I, know. I start clipping I know. things out of magazines and just and taping it in. Actually, that's relevant to something else I'm going to play later. But we'll get to that we'll in a minute. That, yeah. yeah, I know. And you know what it is. Um, but what I'm going to do first is play uh, Corona for Ox from the new album, uh, The Planet is Doom. Uh, it's a song called Cadillac. And this song, actually, I heard for the first time many years ago, uh, probably like five years ago. Me and Doug, uh, whenever he's in town, we try. We have like his quote-unquote band called Dead Skin Flakes. Um, in 1998, or yeah, 97, 98, 97, 98, we were, had a band called The Flakes. And neither of us were very good at our instruments. We basically played these like whacked out weird blues songs with Doug singing and playing bass very poorly and me playing harmonica and guitar very poorly. And uh, so like whenever Doug moved away, he went to Switzerland and then he went to Halifax and then he went to Montreal. So he was not always around. But whenever he came back to Winnipeg, we would do some kind of music. And The Flakes actually eventually turned into Grandpa's Army, which was a real band. And probably the most successful band I've ever been in, in the sense of like people actually liked it. <laughs> but then, <laughs> then like Doug quit that when he moved to Switzerland, so that ran its course. And then whenever he came back afterwards, it became the Dead Skin Flakes, mm-hmm. and it was very different than Grandpa's Army. Obviously, it was just me and Doug making hideous, hideous noise. So uh, we recorded an EP called Oblivion, which is on Wish Police, and you should download it. And uh, <laughs> one of the first song that he brought, like we would have song ideas, we'd kind of like, hey, here's part of a song, can we record this? And it was just the two of us playing all the instruments. Um, and uh, so he had a song that we called Rocket Ship on the Dead Skin Flakes album. And it's here, oh, in it's a much better song. version, yeah. called Cadillac. And it's the same lyrics and same everything. But when we recorded it, um, I had no, I couldn't understand what the hell Doug was talking about when he was trying to explain the guitar part to me. Like, I was just like, this makes no sense whatsoever. So, uh, like, the timing just seemed incredibly weird. I couldn't get it. So instead of doing that, I just played, like, straight up noise. Just, like, 
like feedback and like crazy random notes and stuff uh, yeah. the whole song. So this is a lot more structured. But if you want to hear an unstructured earlier version of it, you can hear it on the Dead's Gameplay. But this is Corona for Rocks, Songs Club Cadillac. And it's from the new tape, which uh, I'm sure it's very short run, limited edition. Probably hard to find anywhere but Montreal. But if you can get it, like I recommend this to everybody. I saw it online. Seriously? Oh, Bandcamp, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, never mind. Scratch that. You, you have to buy this right now if you listen to it. Because I've, I've been listening to this quite a bit. It's great. It's it's. All right, I'm, I'm itching to hear it. Let's and you go. can actually download a whole Corona for Rocks album. Not this one, but an earlier one on Witch Police. So. All right. Do it. <laughs> Yeah. From record sale, and so I, it was like it's a thing that they do like monthly. It's like a symphony orchestra, I think, fundraiser. Yeah, they've got a huge room, and there was some interesting stuff. And so I was going through some of the soundtracks and bought a War of the Worlds. You were telling me about the soundtrack, yeah. But so I sent you a text uh, a little too early into the listening of it because okay. it's a really cool record. It's, it's a two disc thing, and there's a neat cover, and then you can fold it out. There's a leaflet and like a story thing. Yeah, and so I was listening. It, to the first side, and I was like, "Hey, this is this is pretty neat. This is cool." Flipped it over, and then the second side, there was some really annoying, like singing, like musical style, okay. like you know, like, like Disney style singing. And I had to 
started jumping it ahead because it was getting too obnoxious, and then I put the, the next one on the third side, and it was the same thing, and I was like, what the hell is this? And then I read the cover more closely, and it's like, so-and-so's musical interpretation of War of the Worlds. Oh, wow. And it's a musical record, and it's awful. Wow. So is there anything redeemable about it, though, or is it the... Yeah, if we're doing some Galactus stuff, there's some redeemable yeah, cool. items. Cool. Okay, well, that's awesome. Yeah. I'd say it sounded way better when you first told me what it was. It sounded way better to me, yeah. too, when I was sending that to you. Yeah. yeah. I was pretty pumped, and I got let down. Yeah. Well, anyway, whatever it is, it's not as good as this. We just heard it. <laughs> it was uh, Cadillac by uh, Corona Ferox from Montreal. And, uh, yeah, I just love how dirty it sounds. Like, it's, it's the best thing about tapes is that, I think we were saying this earlier, the quality, like, isn't necessarily um, the, your... your you don't want it to be polished and neat. No, no, and you can do something. I mean, you put something like that on a CD. People are gonna, people for some reason still have expectations the CDs are gonna sound good. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you know, uh, yeah, they should. Yeah, <laughs> well. yeah but I, uh, but it, yeah, tape and this looks good and it sounds great and yeah. So I mean, uh, you can get it on the internet uh, apparently at uh, interraciallovetriangle.bandcamp.com and coronaferox.bandcamp.com. Looks like you can, buy, you can buy it on the interracial love triangle. Um, Bandcamp, but it also appears to be only their side of it. Yep. And I think it's digital. I think you buy the digital. Oh. Yeah, buy the digital. So yeah, you want the you want the tape. I mean, you want the whole package. Yeah, yeah. If you're gonna get, it, you want the tape, right? So because this is what we're talking about. Is tapes. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I, I don't. Know. I, I love that. Uh, I'm kind of jealous you got them to play at your wedding. This must have been crazy. I, speaking of of being. Uh, uh, and bands with Doug. Uh, one time. Yeah, yeah. Doug played <laughs> some songs from that. Is that is that did that ever come out? Uh, we just have one song. That's oh, on is that that's all it is? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he sent me a link. I'm like, oh, this is cool. When's this coming out? He's like, oh, we're working on it. And then, like, and that was like say, a year ago. Uh, yeah. yeah, I guess. I guess I should. Everyone has a band with Doug. <laughs> yeah, I guess I should just send him stuff and just let him yeah. have fun with it. That's basically what I did the the, the last time. He sent me a, a a very rough go of guitar playing, and then yeah, I threw some noise over it, and then. All of a sudden, it was completely different. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know what? I have actually, I feel bad too. I keep forgetting to do this. I have, um, Doug, we were going to do another uh, Dead Skin Flakes album. And I have like four or five songs that we partially worked on together when he was in town a couple years ago. And like we're playing organ, that organ that was in his basement. And like uh, get weird guitar on it and stuff. And then he added more to it and he sent it to me to finish up. And like I actually did some of it when I had the the eight track when we were recording the Milkboat album. Mm-hmm. But then I just, I didn't finish it. And so I will, Doug, one day, one day. Mm-hmm. will happen. Maybe I should just give it to you to finish or something. Then you kill two birds with one stone, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I might just sing on it and then give it back to him. You know, because I already played like organ on some of them or whatever, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, the one thing that makes me happy, I mean, I know, you know, we're talking with Doug a lot, we just played a song though, is when he's, whenever he's here and we work on some stuff, he still uses that old bass that Jesse had in Filtered Reality. Oh, I don't even. So it's the same bass that our, my first band I was ever in the bass player from that Where band. is that bass? Doug has it at his like parents, house. parents' house. Holy and it's covered God. in stickers. The thing barely, like, I don't know how it even stays in tune. It's so brutal. But it sounds, it's, it works out so well for that kind of stuff. Like, it's totally, I can't, I can't imagine he's using something, anything much better for this, you know? It's really, <laughs> really kind of rumbly and, and loose sounding. Uh, yeah. It's great. Oh, I'm not, I'm not sure that Doug really cares about no. being in tune. No, so. it's, yeah, why do you need to be in tune? <laughs> being in tune is not even, that's like, you can rock without being in tune. You don't have to be in tune, being in tune, yeah. yeah. It's punk rock more punk rock than like punk bands you know yeah for sure like that you know playing whatever like with crazy costumes and putting out tapes like that's you know <laughs> that's way more punk rock than i don't even know they're not even trying to be punk rock you know that's what makes it punk rock mm-hmm. i don't know that's it yeah okay well simon you're yeah. gonna play something next what uh what have you got in store um, here we're i wanted to play one of my 
very very good friend um, uh, Wapstan uh, guy from uh, uh, far away region of of, uh, of Quebec who moved to Montreal a few uh, a bunch of years ago and um, the reason why tape uh, is essentially because he's the master of the micro cassette <laughs> basically most of his most of his sound sources uh, come from from micro cassettes that, awesome. he, that he records all over the place. Okay, so it's like found sounds kind of thing. It found sounds like he records the wind and he records the wow. you know the snowplow going coming through and then he heavily processes yeah. it. Um, he's like if, when he's playing live, like he's got three or four micro cassette player just going. That's from really one cool. To, to another and a bunch of pedals and just makes a whole lot of racket. Mm. And it's it's pretty good, and he's a good friend of mine, so I decided to to, to bring him along. So this is from a, a compilation from the Cult Summer Summer Sampler 2009, which probably is isn't available anymore, but he has a lot of stuff uh, available. Um, uh, his website is cult six six seven. Uh, dot com, if I remember well, uh, the neighbor of the beast. <laughs> <laughs> so KVLT six six seven dot com. Uh, he's got a label and a lot of tapes for cool. sale, actually. Cool. And um, this is one of those just, guys who just releases everything, and uh, it, not everything. He's a little bit more uh, on the quality side than oh, yeah. that. But uh, yeah, no, he's uh, he's got a bunch of stuff out. Cool. What's cool. the is the song? What's the, oh, the, the song, song is called Oh boy, Cold Acid Winter Sun. Cool. Yeah. All right. Let's check it out.
So uh, that was different. I mean, for the show, like it's. Uh, I like it though. This I can already tell. This is gonna be crazy because like we had, you know, the first song was like just the tape theme lends itself to just like some weird shit. So it's yeah, good. it's good. It's going to be the relaxing uh, episode. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I'll, I'll promote it like that. I'm just going to call it. I'm going to name it the relaxing episode. I think that's a good idea. It's a good yeah. name for the show. Yeah, yeah. So people, oh, cool. You know, they're not going to necessarily know who you are. So like, who's this guy? Relaxing. Okay, cool. Maybe, you know, maybe he picks some like easy listening music or something. <laughs> well, what was your first instinct with like the tape theme? Alien hybrid. But this is something that is on tape only. Is that That's why? what I picked for both choices. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I was actually trying to find songs that had like references to tapes in them. And there's like a couple rap songs I thought of, kind of, but like I was like, ah, it's like a passing reference to tape. I don't want to do it. So I just thought, like, when I think of tapes, I think of. I don't want to talk about Alien Hybrid because I play them later. Yeah. So why don't you, okay. just, why don't you tell us about, about this? Like, uh, I mean, this is on a CD, right? Is it, it's on a CDR. Yeah, I, it was basically a sampler that uh, that uh, Matt Lane put out uh, for this show that he did in 2009. Cool. Um, so it's one of his tracks. Were you, were you at the show? Yes, I was so playing this, at that show. Oh, you're playing it, sure. Okay. Cool, cool. Uh, I'm on the sampler, too. Oh, cool, awesome, awesome. Can, so there's no, no more people can get this at this point, right? Just like, yeah, uh, no, it's, it's not available anymore. Cool. But uh, there's there's plenty of, of Wapstan uh, material available and, cool. and good, good stuff out there. And still based out of Montreal at this yeah, point? still based out of Montreal, yeah. Okay, I don't know why that sounds, it sounds kind of familiar, but maybe... Well, so the name his, or the his label the is, is called the Briscu Records, yeah, I see that, yeah. um, and he's he's it's pretty relatively cool. well known in in in, in noise. Yeah. The, the label, his project has been going on for a long time, so he's played he's played festivals a little bit all over the place. Uh, he's done tours in in the U.S. Oh wow! Um, like he was at at the Denver Noise Fest two weeks ago. He's played twice at the Vancouver uh, Victoria Noise Fest. Um, That's yeah. awesome. Is there? Is there? A, I mean, there's obviously a scene here. Is there? A, I mean, do you get? Do you get to play a lot of regular shows, or is it? Uh, just I've kinda... played once so okay. far. I, like, I'm I'm new to this. We've been here right, a long, so, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm I'm just getting acquainted with yeah. the with the scene. Yeah. Um, I'm. I'm playing another show that's going to be passed when this yeah. uh, this happens, but uh, yeah. but it's 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 not bad in in less than a year to have played two shows. Yeah. Like uh, yeah, I'm, well, I mean, especially I'm, you're I'm, a, I'm mostly a, a one or two show a year kind of guy. Yeah, so. and the genre itself is kind of yeah. 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 yeah, some people manage like organize a bunch of shows and they just put yeah. themselves. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's cool. It's uh, I definitely like tapes in general and a lot of them seem to be i mean at least i assume they're noise tapes based on like the art <laughs> and, the, and the names of the bands and stuff but it seems to be like a little like a weird little resurgence it's not like uh, like what happened with vinyl where it became huge again right but there seems to be like you go into a, a record store like like music trader into the music or any of those and it seems to be like hey there's all of a sudden like you know a year and a half ago or whatever a tape little tape box brought it up and then it seems like oh it's getting bigger this it's is a bit cool. of a bump yeah. and it's all like independent releases and stuff so it's great it's great to see like i, I love it um even if I'm not necessarily buying a lot of them, I have a, I buy a few tapes. I mean, I bought, um, well, yeah, I buy, I buy a few local tapes every once in a while. Like, I bought the Pop Crimes album on tape, and I think that was on CD too, but I'm like, hmm. I want to make the tape instead. Oh, yeah, I have the Ultra Mega on tape. Yes, yeah. is that good? JD gave it to me. I don't have anywhere to, anywhere oh, to play man. it. Well, 
don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. Well, I, I gotta take a Walkman out of my parents' closet or something. Just go to MCC and just buy one. Actually, you know what? I think I know where one is. Just not in my home at right. the moment. Right. You gotta get a ticket. my hands on one. I think Rob took mine at one point. Probably, yeah. yeah. You gotta get you gotta get one. Because it's an essential piece of... At this point, I have tapes. Like, I have. I was looking when I was looking for what to play for this show. And I have tapes that I just... I can't even... I don't even listen to. I don't even remember what's on them. Yeah. Like, Sex oh, Negative is a band that we played. I have that tape. That? That's a great tape. Yeah, so I wanted to listen yeah. to it to see if there was something I could play on the I show. I was thinking that was actually my uh, backup choice. Um, and it, well, I was actually going to play it, but then, like, the dog tape came through, and I was like, oh, man, I, I got to play this. Obvious, like, yeah. yeah. I have that Sex Negative tape. It was good. I actually have another tape by that guy, too. He had, like, the, the one guy from that band did, like, a solo, like, really atmospheric, kind of weird tape in yeah. an interesting case. No no words anywhere written on, like, tape case, so I have no idea what he's called at this point. It's like, oh, this is that guy who was, like, in... The mutators weird. and sex negatives <laughs> right. and like did some weird solo stuff that I bought at the show we played with him in someone's house <laughs> so, yeah. but that's awesome never I, to be yeah, seen yeah, again yeah, yeah. I wish that that was like the standard way people put out music instead of like you know I, oh yeah you see all these bands now like it's nice that like Bandcamp and MySpace and Facebook and all this other shit like you can you know SoundCloud or whatever you can get your music out there available for free to large groups of people you can sell all your merch and stuff but it seems like people uh I thought this for a while, for like 10 years actually, I've noticed that bands seem to be like skipping the steps a little bit. Like a band will start and then like their very first show they'll have a bunch of t-shirts and they'll have like some pro looking CD and like you, you must have seen this before, right? Like with like punk bands and shit and it's like, yeah. you go to some show and it's like, how do you already have all this? Like, you know, why, why didn't you... I think it's bringing it with a band kind of thing, like t- attacking all media. I think so, but I think it's possible. like, I almost wish they would go the slow route where it's like, okay, I made a tape in my basement, I'm going to put this out. And then, like, maybe eventually we'll put it on a CD. But it's, no, it's now it's, like, because you can do it. Yeah, it's like getting sell it. promo pictures before you've played a show. Yeah, it's like you have a web store, you haven't played a show yet. You know, like, it's, yeah. it's weird to me, but... Yeah, some... The reality of, of very many bands, too, is that they've been practicing for four years. Oh, yeah, the yeah, same yeah. six songs. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, when they get a show, finally... Yeah, yeah. They want to, you know, they're yeah. going to make it big. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's it's different. It's different from when we were we were like teenagers, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which of, necessarily is different though, because yeah. the technology's changed and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. but I don't know. I feel like when I see tapes like this kind of stuff uh, coming out, it, it makes me happy because it's like people are doing it the old way. It makes you feel young. It makes me. What does it make me feel young again? <laughs> but it makes me feel like uh, I remember doing that. I mean, I remember doing that as recently as like seven years ago, or whatever, when we were doing multiple tapes, sitting there folding yeah, my own copies and doubling them yeah, and stuff. Yeah. You know, and I mean, like Greg's Neanderthal Rock tape, which was like three years ago, I did that. You know, but I, I mean, I, I feel like I was always very proud of that stuff, rather than I mean, I put music I've made on the internet all the time, like on Witch Police, right? Yeah. And music my friends have made. That's the whole point of it. But I feel way more proud of making the physical tapes than I ever did of throwing some digital files up there. Yeah. And so I think that it's nice to see. I mean, not that I'm that old, but it's nice to see like people who are making music now and coming up starting bands and things that they're that's an option for them they're, they still think it's still a viable thing to do like diy you know well the real diy the real diy yeah. not the do it yourself send it to the press and yeah. and plant and <laughs> yeah. just receive yeah. the box yeah and then, <laughs> exactly yeah yeah i carried these from the plastic plant to my car and myself so. <laughs> i did that myself yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 
So, but yeah, anyway, I mean, I, I think that there's a lot of this, a lot of what happens on this show is I just complain about it, how technology is now and like how music has been ruined for everyone. Old and man how, And how I wish everyone was listening to vinyl and tapes and like I hate the internet and I hate technology. And, and, and yet you're, you're just a few minutes ago, you were looking at your phone while you had I know, people to I know, talk to. I know, exactly. <laughs> well, you know what? This is like the, the, the secret of the show. It is not often, quite often we'll be recording something and we'll be listening to a song and like everyone in the room. Give away those secrets? No, whatever. They don't care. Everyone in the room is like looking at their phone frantically. Uh, they up information because like that's one of the good things about doing a radio show now in, in this technology technology is that like you can we can sound very educated about in this subject. technology we can sound very educated <laughs> in yeah. this technology True. <laughs> we can sound very educated even if like you know there's like the scramble quick the song's on what are we gonna what are we gonna say about this i heard some random fact once about this look it up and make sure it's true but the good yeah, thing about this stuff is i can't look this guy up on the internet right like i mean i'm not gonna be able to find out any facts about this cdr so that's cool yeah. Well, maybe I'll take out my cheat sheet while we're... Do you have a cheat sheet this time? Well, I wrote down some numbers, because I'm going to play... I'm playing stuff that I'm not familiar with. Uh, okay. At all, or...? Yeah, until, like, recently. Because, like, I, I was reading recently about, like... Um, well, I'm reading the book by David Byrne, and, like, one of his chapters is about sort of the advent of recording and how that changed right. music. And he talks about that on a couple different levels. And then, so I, I was reading about it the other day, and reading about... Um, it was Bing Crosby... Apparently, because like before, when things were on the radio, yeah, it was all done live. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, like Hank Williams would be standing there playing guitar and into the microphone. Yeah, and it was a grind. Like yeah. I don't think the artist yeah. really liked having to do that all the time. No, okay. and uh, when the when tape, the advent of tape recording came out, that's when well, he was the first person to really grab hold of it. Bing Crosby. Yeah, apparently. It's interesting. And the first time he did it, it didn't sound very good, and there were complaints. But so then... are we gonna play Bing Crosby? No. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was excited for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were complaints or something, and he refused to like perform live. He's like, "No, I want to be able to record it in an ideal setting, get it yeah. how I want it." Yeah. And I think he like had a couple of years where he didn't perform on the radio because of that. Hmm. And then finally, someone else picked him up and took him. You know, did what he wanted yeah. to, and that kind of set a new precedent for That's recording. Really cool. That's really cool. But so I was reading about tape recording and and stuff, and uh, yeah, I started reading about John Cage, who yeah. is a very familiar name, but. Not someone who I know very much about at all. But you, yeah, you recognized, yeah. Of course, I recognized the name, so I started reading about it, and he was, uh, he did a piece that was like kind of a pinnacle of tape music, or like a cut-up piece. Um, you know, he, this is pretty early in his career, maybe. I think he started around in the 40s, but this is from 1952, 53. It took like a year to put this together. It was like he wrote a score, uh, like a 132-page musical score. But it was also like a blueprint. Okay. And there is a collection of like 600 sounds that were recorded in very, like on tape, but like some of it's found sounds, some of it's traditional instruments and whatever, <laughs> just random stuff. And it has to be cut up and then literally like pasted onto this score, this huge manuscript, and then that gets played. That's cool. So uh, it took him and like several other people a couple, you know, a year and a bit to compile this thing. And, and then they had to record it. No, it was just performed. Oh, it was just a performance. Yeah. yeah, so I think it was put out on LP at one point. I'm sure that's a very... Like a live version of it, I guess. Yeah, yeah and I'm sure that's a very valuable record to, to own. I had trouble even finding a copy of this that I could download. I think we can YouTube a performance of it. Okay. Uh, so... What's the name of it? Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is... Yeah, yeah. the W. You do have a cheat sheet, though. I did. This is something that John does a lot. Yeah, he, he'll just bring up his paper and there'll be... Williams Mix. The name's Williams Mix of the song? It's called Williams Mix. And I have some other words on here that I don't <laughs> recall why. Yeah. Okay, but let's check it out. This is Williams Mix, John Cage from 1953. 
John Cage. What's that was cool? my John Cage impression. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, ah, very good, very good. Yeah. Because that was Williams' mix <laughs> from, I guess, 53 was when it was first performed, uh, from what I understand. And yeah, so I didn't, like I said, didn't know much about John Cage. It's just a name that's very familiar. So reading about him was pretty interesting. He's kind of an artist's artist. Like, he kind of started out writing and um, got into music, but, like, really didn't make... He was living almost at the poverty line and relying on, like, staying in friends' houses for for a good, like, I don't know, decade or more. Oh, wow. Yeah, he, and um, he went... He had a turning point where, like, he got kind of introduced to, like, Buddhism and some stuff and was into the... Someone gave him the I Ching. It was, like, a friend of his was... A friend of his, it was this person's father who was like the first person to translate it, I think, or something. And oh, so he got a copy of it and it changed his philosophy towards composition. And it was interesting reading about it because I can't remember the word now because he's not into like improvisation, but into um, things not being planned, kind of being more random, Okay. but not improvised. I don't know. It's a weird... Because when you're improvising, you're it, taking what you've already learned. It's randomness on, in the... It, it's playing with chance with chance right, is right, what right. it is yeah uh, within a structure i guess like is it already in established the, in the composition itself it's basically like um the the first the first uh the first movement to use kind of that was serialism which was the the movement in, in classical music that was just before john cage and all that okay those guys and and they were basically like using and stuff it's basically they were using like patterns and and of 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 notes and just they were limiting themselves into okay. those notes basically mm -hmm. and just reusing them in different ways and creating that's cool creating patterns to reuse those. So John Cage can and and his contemporaries kind of went a little further than that and using. Uh, I don't know if it, if it's John Cage or, or somebody else of, of of that era it was basically using dices, and he was like he had a choice of you know twelve notes to put there and just well, that's awesome. go that's with, really cool with the uh, with the dices and say okay it's seven. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's really interesting. Yeah. 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 I would like to do that. <laughs> I can't now. It's so already... interesting stuff in there. Very kind of avant-garde with a lot of yeah. this. You know, you have to be interested in the process. Yeah. Well, like most happening. most contemporary, well, modern and contemporary art is, is there's more than what you actually see in, well, for sure, in yeah. here. So it's, it's the whole process and what they write behind and yeah. all that stuff that, that yeah. makes... It's a strange appreciation, right? Because yeah. like when I go to a show or something, I go because I like how it sounds. Yeah. Uh, but you know, if you know why someone is doing something, I think also a lot of this kind of stuff could sound like it's. Um, I mean, someone who just hears it for the first time is like, okay, this guy's just making whatever. He's just making weird noises. It's not. There's nothing to it. But then when you actually realize that it's the weird noises are on purpose in that spot, you know, whether it's by rolling dice or purposely planning it like that, I find with a lot of the. Um, like, I listen to a lot of uh, avant-garde jazz, right? Like, uh, older stuff. I mean, someone like Albert, Albert, Ehler, Albert Ehler, who we played on the show a couple weeks ago. Um, but we played a really straight song he did. But he does a lot of super out there stuff with, like, bagpipes and everything. Mm -hmm. And um, I feel like a lot of people are like, okay, this is just noise. I can't handle it. Um, or Sun Ra, even, right? They're like, this is just hideous noise. I can't, I can't. A lot of people have been like, why are you listening to this record? I hate it. But it's like, 
because they think it's just a bunch of people playing random notes on a sax, but it's, no, it's written that like that. It's like supposed to be. Yeah, so it's, this, some of this is a little bit different. Some of your well, yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying this is the same, but it's it's a similar. To me, kind of... to me it's a, it's a matter of depth, right? It, it doesn't. Maybe you, from from a surface level, you don't you don't really appreciate it. Uh, to me, that's completely fine. Yeah, you, yeah. you can. sewing machine. Where's the bobbin at? She's toting old grain in a printed sack. The dust blows forward and the dust blows back. And the wind blows black through the sky. And the smokestack blows up in the sun's eye. What am I gonna die? A white flake riverboat just blew by. Bubbles pop big, and a, li and a lipstick Kleenex hung on a pointed forked twig. Reminds me of the Bobby Girls. Never was my hobby girls. Handful of worms and a pole fishing. Cork bobbing like a hot red bulb. And a blue jay squeaks, his beak open an inch above a creek. Gone fishing for a week. Well, I put down my bush, and I took off my pants and felt free. The breeze blowing up me and up the canyon, far as I could see. It's night now, and the moon looks like a dandelion. It's black now, and the blackbird's feeding on rice, and his red wings look like diamonds and lice. I can hear the mice toes scampering, gophers rumbling. In piled crater rock holes, one red bean stuck in the bottom of a tin bowl, hot coffee from a crimped up can, me and my girl named Bimbo, Limbo, Spam. Hello, welcome back. That was The Dust Blows Forward and The Dust Blows Back, Captain Beefheart and The Magic Band, Trout Mask. Well, I don't know if The Magic Band was playing on that recording. No, but they were playing on the album. Yeah, it almost, uh, I get what you're saying about it sounds like a tape quick. It almost sounded to me like record hiss. Yeah. Like, well, there's a bit of like a whole background hiss going on. No, no, on. but every time there's that like, no, it sounded almost like the, the fuzzy beginning of, a, beginning of a dusty kind of record and then he would just pull it off the needle off and then put the needle back on. Yeah. So either way, it's, it's an interesting little 
way to break up the... Yeah, so that came to mind today when I was on the phone uh, with someone. Uh, it's interesting. Well, because, yeah, I don't know. I uh, In thinking about songs involving tapes, I thought a lot of these themes seem like there should be some obvious ones, and then when I can't think of one, I think, well, is it that I can't remember it, or yeah. is it going to come to me, and then if it doesn't, then, well, then I've got to find Yeah, then you have something else to replace me, yeah. Yeah. So it was cool. Yeah. It was, uh, it was interesting. I mean, it yeah, was, it's uh, nice little I wonder if that was originally fun. meant to go to the music or if it was just like, do you know anything about how it went? Oh, I don't know about that in particular. I just, didn't, I know that like his recording style was a bit, no, not experimental, unorthodox. but unorthodox. And yeah. we talked about that when we played him last time, actually. Yeah. I've like him being in a totally separate room yeah. and just yeah, like kind of about, yeah. not necessarily in time with the, uh, the band. Yeah. So yeah, who knows? This could have gone, I don't know. It sounds yeah, good. It's just on its own, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Two, two famous visual artists in, in a role, actually. Yeah, he, right, in his yeah, later yeah. life, became... Well, after Beefheart, basically. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, was a renowned painter. Like, his works were kind of very sought after. I wonder if this theme lends itself to, to visual art as well. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's the DIY Sam, maybe you should get painting. No, no, I'm good. Oh, okay. I'm good. <laughs> okay. Good. Uh, <laughs> It would be really interesting, I guess, to see what I come up with, but I don't know. If your your daughter does some great work. She does some great work, yeah. I've got sure. some on my fridge. Oh, it's, it's a, it's an ink piece, yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. on my fridge yeah, yeah. as we speak. Yeah, those are good. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, well, that's that's all you got to say about the, the captain. I don't know. Like I played him before, and I think yeah. I've talked a fair bit about it. So I so people who are listening to this episode now, they uh, have to go, go figure out what episode that was and go back and find it in order to hear John talking intelligently. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> No, it was a uh, yeah. We have talked about them for sure on the show before. So I like to assume every listener is like a, a, a permanent subscriber who yeah. <laughs> listens to every episode. Thursday, I know we have. There's a few of them. Thursday mornings, they're hitting refresh on their yeah. Browser, wait, waiting, waiting for it to, for pop, it to pop up. Yeah, yeah. Regardless, if you don't know Captain Beefheart, look it up. You should check it out for sure and listen to it. It's very good. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> I've got about like maybe four albums or so. Yeah. I don't. I don't know how big his catalog is. I don't think like, I've, I have. He doesn't heard. have that many. Not that many. He's like. End of sixties, beginning of seventies, yes. mm-hmm. maybe four, and then he has another one. There's a like, yeah. there's a gap, and there's then gap, there's yeah. another one like mid to late seventies, and that's <laughs> that. that I'm pretty much that's. I'm pretty sure that's it. He, he was fairly sick um, from from the 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 seventies on. Uh, Is that why you stop making music? Yeah. yeah. Well, part of it. I don't. I think he's he wasn't that much into it he was a bit yeah. of a of a control freak and mm-hmm. and eccentric yeah and, um it it leads a little, maybe a little bit better to 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 paint painting for sure yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um the only physical you talk about records you had the only physical record i have of his is is um the one you do for example uh bongo fury the live album it's yeah, really good excellent really good album but i don't have, i mean i've heard I, i've heard i actually have some downloaded mm-hmm. Which, is yeah, like, I, I, which, I, which I never listened to and I think we talked about this in the show too I, I download stuff and then it's like I could listen to that or I could listen to this record I have right here I just end up playing the physical I stuff only, way yeah, more I only listened I first listened to uh, Captain Beefheart when I borrowed his records from my uncle oh that's cool yeah I don't own I don't own any of them actually it was just stuff that I borrowed yeah yeah. that's good I mean yeah as you said Simon is definitely worth listening to um, this is going to be the next one here is going to be the last song of the show so what we like to do at this point is um just do like wrap up the wrap up and just let people know what, where they can find this uh, this kind of stuff uh, where they can get in touch with us and, and so on and so forth so um, to listen to this is episode 33 we've got 32 more probably by the time you hear this we might even have some more uh, we tend to record pre-record these so if we've mentioned any current events 
on the program, it's really old and you'd be confused. And or we could just try to predict. We, maybe we should start trying to predict the future on these episodes. And then maybe it's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. We could do that. But so anyway, yeah. So we you got at least thirty-two you can download at this point when you're listening to it. So you go to www.witchpolice.com. Uh, there's a button at the top that says podcast. Click on that. Uh, it'll give you the list of all the podcasts with all the guests. Uh, every week we have a guest or two, a different theme, and they're all free downloads, free streaming. Um, something we've kind of started doing recently. Um, which may not be that recent by the time you hear this, but again, it doesn't matter, just do it anyway, uh, is we've uh, made it so you can subscribe to the podcast now. You can do it through iTunes, or if you have any other kind of reader, you can uh, you can press a little button and it'll it'll these shows will pop up on your on your iTunes uh, automatically. Um, so I actually, I was really resistant to it because I was uh, looking into how you get your podcast on iTunes, and they're like, you have to sign up as an iTunes user, which means you have to give them a credit card because they expect you're going to buy something. Mm-hmm. So I was like, fuck no, I'm not giving iTunes a credit card. So <laughs> I didn't do that way, but I found another way to get around it without having to actually physically sign up. An iLoop. I, I don't like buying things off the internet, right? So And iLoophole. So um, you can get it off iTunes. I mean, um, and I actually, now that I know how it works and see that it automatically just downloads this shit onto your thing when, when, when new episodes are out, I love it. I love the idea of it. So to encourage people to do this, what I'm going to try to do and have been doing actually already is uh, when there's a new episode, if you're a subscriber, you get the episode the day before, mm-hmm. and everyone else has to wait till so on so Wednesday. When everyone's talking about it at the water cooler, exactly, you'll be, like, you'll be. I knew about it yesterday. Right up on yeah, it. The other day ahead. So uh, if we can do, it, I mean, unless there's like you know some kind of tight schedule, it means we can't edit it in time. But if, usually they come out on Thursdays on the website. Um, when whenever we can, if you're a subscriber, you get it on Wednesday, at some point on Wednesday. So you beat the rush, you know. Um, <laughs> the other when thing those intertubes get clogged. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Yes, yeah, it's too busy on the internet. You can, yeah, you've already got it. Um, The other thing is you can hear our show Monday nights at 11 p.m. on 101.5 UMFM uh, in Winnipeg. If you're not in Winnipeg, you can go to umfm.com and you can stream it. Um, And uh, that's an, maybe you want want to talk about the, the, the difference between those shows and the, because there's a difference between those shows and what they're Oh, well, the, yeah, no, the, the ones for the radio are just edited down to about an hour, so there's a lot of the random uh, nonsense. Yeah, as you may have noticed, we tend to kind of ramble and go on off weird tangents and then all that comes of asides and things. So uh, because UMFM gives us a one-hour time slot, and I mean, some of these go over two hours, you're getting the, the condensed, uh, you know, ultra Johnified version where John has taken out all the filler and <laughs> streamlined the shit out of it. Yeah, so, every dumb yeah. thing that I say. So I basically I don't talk for the whole So it's just me and Rob so, yeah. making asses of ourselves, yeah. So... Yeah. So yeah, if you want that, you should listen to UMFM and uh, and go from there. Um, you can also find us on social media. Uh, if you go to at Witch Police FM on Twitter, that is the one where me and Rob are both using you know fairly frequently, and we'll yell at you about stuff or whatever. So go on there. Um, Rob is also at Rob Crooks, and he's uh, robcrooks.com. And he's not here today, but we always like to promote what he's doing. Um, he has a new album out uh, with Bird of Prey. Oh yeah which is called Argyle. I would highly recommend it. It's an excellent album, and it's uh, I think it's an EP, actually. It's on Marathon of Dope. MarathonofDope.com. You can yeah. go there and download it. It's not a Witch Police release, but uh, I don't always have to pimp my own stuff on here. You know, we can, uh, I can actually go outside and say, hey, this is good as, as well. Associate um, with Friendlies. Associate with Friendlies, and Rob's a co-host on the show, and he's pretty much, you know, been there since the beginning of when we were listening to Alien Hybrid together. Yeah. So, you know, definitely uh, download Rob's music. Um, and, uh, yeah, so Simon is Kvik. And where can people find uh, find your stuff? Kvik.ca uh, um, and kvik.bandcamp.com. Uh, okay. I put I put new music, not regularly, but uh, on, on Bandcamp. I should have uh, I should have a new release, probably 
by the summer. Okay. Um, out, hopefully, uh, hopefully on on the Winnipeg uh, tape label. Cool. Um, that I will not mention. Just in case the deal falls. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that if you want. Uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, on, well, on, on I'll, I'll post a link to your Bandcamp and to your website there too, so people can check it out. Uh, which, you know, as usual, we, we strongly the reason we have guests on here if we have someone on the show it's because we like what they're doing and what they're doing is something interesting that you should all hear about. So, like, you know, please encourage you to check out his music and uh, go to the Bandcamp page and the website. Um, do you have any albums that are available? I mean, is this all digital or do you have physical? Uh... I, I don't have much physical left. Right. Unfortunately, Again, with this, I haven't had the uh, I haven't released anything and. In, in a couple of years now. Okay. Um, took a bit of a break and now uh, I've been starting again recently. Okay. So people might be able to see you once or twice a year playing shows too? As a, Probably. Yeah. yeah. Look for the name. Well, it's twice uh, in Winnipeg, so it's not Hasn't so even been a year so yet. Far. Could yeah, be more. exactly. Yeah. Awesome. So. Okay. Okay. And uh, you on, like, how do people contact you? You got any of that social media stuff or are you just I'd going to the website? Not, no. Don't talk to him about his music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. That's cool. That's fine. Um, so yeah, you're going to play another song. I'm intrigued so. by what, yeah. Yeah, what so, so, so end, let's end on this song you brought here. In this interesting ties in a little bit better to the uh, John Cage piece, mm, actually. Okay. Um, this is a, a, another friend of mine from, from Montreal. Um, the, the, the project is called the Pont de Replay. Um, and it's on the tape on the Psychic Encumbrance uh, label called uh, What's All This Then? It's very cool. Um, okay. Yeah. What Brian uh, does is essentially he creates, he, cre he, he plays all of this live. There's no overdubs, no nothing. And basically what he, he create he does a big tape loop with a, with a reel-to-reel and usually a bottle. <laughs> Right. somewhere in front of him and um records himself singing playing guitar cool. playing um other instruments um his um nintendo ds uh all sorts of stuff awesome. and just manipulates the tape in really weird ways oh. and interesting ways <laughs> um so it's a little bit uh it 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 sounds a, a a little bit random at first, but you see the structure that 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 builds and 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 it's pretty interesting stuff. Cool. So, what's the name of the song? Uh, there's no actual no, no, song. It's, it's just the whole tape is kind of just a flowing. Cool. Okay. Thing going it's a good on. way to end the show, actually, just to play like. Well, so we'll play. We'll play an excerpt there, right? We're not going to play the whole exactly. tape, so we'll uh, we'll throw some of that on. And is there? Um, I mean, how how recent is this? When did this come out? Uh, this is. Probably it's 2011, so, okay. it's, so it's, it's a few years. It's a few years old. I think it was still available. This tape. Um, That's why I was asking. Yes, uh, there's a chance if someone recent, likes it, they can look into it. And... I'm pretty sure it was still available recently. Um, it does look super cool. Yeah, it's he, great packaging. Yeah. yeah, he has he has a bunch of stuff out out there as well. Um, if you just Google, cool. Pond the replay. Pretty good name. So, yeah. Awesome. Excellent. Well, thanks for tuning yeah, thanks, in for yeah, the thanks tape for... episode. Thanks for coming yeah. coming in, Simon. And yeah, next week, um, you know, I'm not going to say what next week's show is because uh, if the show falls through somehow and we don't, it doesn't happen, people would be like, oh, I was waiting for that one. But uh, tentatively, next week's show's theme is groovy. So you just did what you so said exactly. you were going to do. But I didn't say the name of the guest just in case, you know, the guest, we have to switch the guest. We can keep the theme. It'll be groovy no matter who comes. Okay.
So groovy next week. Every show can be groovy. Every show is groovy. Excellent. All right, Wish Police Radio. See you later. Six million years to die. 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 So we can now, through the power we have access to a deeper dimension in yourself that is one with the now. And the deepest statement I can make is something that you cannot fully understand through thinking about it, but you can sense the truth of it.